And welcome to Radio Drama Revival, the show dedicated to stories told to the medium of sound, showcasing the diversity and vitality of modern audio theater. Uh, here are your news, reviews, discussion, and of course, stories. And I'm your host, Fred. Uh, today we continue on our weeks of wireless with the story of a young man who returns to visit his fire-bellied grandmother, an old English woman who would put a bulldog to shame, uh, brought to life by the unforgettable Prunella scales of Faulty Towers fame. Enjoy this week the first half of The Youth of Old Age, uh, produced by the Wireless Theatre Company of the United Kingdom, wirelesstheatrecompany.co.uk. And as a note of caution, uh, this tale features some tricks of the tongue that are not suitable maybe for all listeners. Discretion is thus advised. Enjoy. The Youth of Old Age by Stuart Price Hello, Edward. It's me, James. Good afternoon, young master. You could at least sound excited. Inside, I'm dancing, sir. Can I come in? Of course. Please enter and take your shoes off. I'm not taking my shoes off. It's a stone floor. My feet will freeze. Since when do you ask people to take their shoes off? We don't. It was a joke. Obviously, you didn't get it. Allow me to take your bags to the guest rooms. Guest rooms? What's happened to my room? It's been locked these last months, sir. Locked? Why? It's not like any of my old stuff's worth taking. Well, if memory serves me correctly, after your last visit, your grandmother was rather upset. I remember her mentioning that she may do a mischief in there. What was she going to do? Mess up my trophy cabinet? I think her exact words were, I'll raise my skirts and lay a turd upon the ungrateful tossbag's bed. That'll learn him. Well remembered. Oh, I wrote that one down, sir. It quite tickled me. <laughs> Grandhauser was had a way with words. Do you think there's any chance you'll have calmed down? I suppose there is a chance, but then there is a chance I may get a blowjob from Henry Winkler before I die. Remote, but not out of the question. The Fonz? Oh, he was quite the dish when I was the younger man. It's a lovely image. Thanks for the encouragement. Not at all. Uh, may I ask, uh, what brings you back here after all these years? All these years? That's so dramatic. Just because I haven't visited, I still rang every week. I have obligations, personal, study, professional. This place is in the middle of nowhere. I've only just been able to afford to buy a car. You could walk into any forecourt in this country and take any car you wish. Stupid boy. Yes, but it feels better to have earned one. Oh, God, he's been away five minutes and he's already talking like the working classes. It is so vulgar. You're working class, you're a butler, a servant. <gasps> Where's Butch? Probably where he always is, sniffing round the chef for food. The dog has a bottomless pit. He's a hungry boy. Butch! Indeed. You, uh, you spoke of obligations. Of what nature? Edward, I'm getting married. And which particular drug rehabilitation centre did you steal this one from? Very funny. She's a surgeon, actually. And you didn't think to bring her? Don't you remember what Grand did last time? I'll never forget it. It was one of her finest performances. I didn't think it was very funny. That girl was so embarrassed. We never spoke again. Well, to come to the defence of your grandmother, she was accurate. The girl was in drugs. She was a pharmacist. <laughs> I know. <laughs> It still amuses me. You know your grandmother. She places no trust in anything medical. Apart from her clay pipe and, of course, Guinness. She's still drinking Guinness. By the barrel. It's no excuse. She was rude to that poor girl. Why can't I remember her name? I believe that it was Davina. Davina, thanks. 
You do have a remarkable memory, Edward. Well, it is easier to recall due to you and Davina being our last guests. Your grandmother has a unique talent for keeping the rest of society at arm's length. For being a vicious bully, you mean? I don't know how you put up with it. Nobody, as they say, is perfect. I have vices of my own, dear boy. I suppose you didn't think it appropriate to bring your fiancé with you to procure your grandmother's blessing? Definitely not. Ah, I am summoned. Would you like me to introduce you, or are you just going to brave it and jump in feet first? Just tell her she has someone special to see her. You know, build it up a bit. Build you up a bit? You can do that, can't you? Certainly. But that may be like stirring up the hornet's nest if she gets impatient. You know how to judge her. Just give me the best chance of not being killed. Or getting my bed shut on. I'll do my best. Conversing with your menagerie of plants, no doubt. Yes, milady, indeed I was. Well, at least that's something living that can't run away from your yawn-inducing anecdotes, what? <laughs> Quite, milady. Well, don't just stand there, man. Come in. You know why I rang for you? No, milady. Would you like me to tell you? Yes, milady, and quickly, for I fear I may burst with anticipation. I heard the door in the entrance hall being knocked. Then I heard you open it, and a visitor permitted. Now I am still, as I live and breathe, the lady of this estate, and I demand to know who it was. Certainly. But first I have to build him up. I beg your pardon? Your visitor requested that I create a suitable excitement surrounding his entrance, so that it may distract you from harming him. Really? How very exciting. Distraction. Of course, that can mean only one thing. It must be that scallywag grandson of mine, in from the cold... I imagine the brat is all a quiver at the prospect of encountering me, no? Indeed he is, milady, although I am not sure why. You are quite the genteel charmer. Edward, I must think. When was he last here? Some months, no? Yes, milady. I will strike a wager with you, man. If I guess his motives, you will concede to my plan. Agreed? As you wish, milady. He wishes to marry. Ah! The sperm-addled brains of the youthful male. Time can become your friend in old age, for I remember the last visit as if it were yesterday. He wishes to marry and seeks my permission. Indeed he does, milady. An excellent deduction. And a simple one. I still recall the young drug pusher he presented to me last time he graced us with his presence. After that episode, I took steps to ensure that he would need permission before he took a wife. Excuse me, milady, I don't understand. He's a William Gracie, Edward, the last remaining, no escaping it. It's a name to be proud of, and I won't have its fine lineage dragged across the law. Quite, it is a noble line of poets and philanthropists, as your very existence attests. Although I would still like to know what steps you are referring to... I fear it may be something on the level of a hitman to assassinate any female within twenty yards of him. Pray you stopped somewhere short of such measures. I consulted that bastard. What's his name? The bastard. I believe your solicitor is called Mr Pendragon. That's the bastard. I told him under no circumstances should James be granted a marriage licence without prior consent from me. Some people might see withholding a grown man's marriage licence as a rather serious breach of his human rights, milady, and surely not legal. I am a very powerful lady, Edward. What one considers legal and what one considers illegal represent different prospects to the wealthy. It is our recompense for being hated by the working masses. Well, I think you'll agree the balance is tipped firmly in their favour. How so, milady? What they lack in finance, they make up for in unity. To be rich is to be alone, Edward. And what of this plan? Plan? Obviously the fiancé isn't present. Uh, no, he neglected to tell me why. Do you want me to show the young master in? No, 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 not yet. Show him to his room. Let's allow the boy to stew for a while. I'll call him when ready, most likely around dinner time. What did you mention to him? About me. Only that you were your usual bright self, and that his room was locked in order to prevent his childhood bed being beshitted. Oh, an empty threat. As you walk him to his room, make mention that I've recently been feeling under the weather and that it's begun to worry you very slightly. When I call him to dinner, I will dim the lights and feign illness to put the foundations of my plan in place. 
What's the bird tonight? The pheasant, milady. After the pheasant, before I dessert, I will signal with a fit of coughing. I want you to take me to my room. You wish to miss dessert? It's a wonderful strawberry confit made from our own allotment. No, man, bring my dessert to my room discreetly. Fine excuse for a butler you are. The purpose of this plan, milady? All will become clear. I've no doubt, milady. Well, the young man is here. I can't say I'm not excited. A little sport to be had, cat and mouse. If you will indulge me for one minute. I have a fiendish plan for the coming hours. It is quite dastardly. So I hope that you are prepared. Why don't we all sit down to dinner and chat about normality, James's education, current events and daily politics, and then listen to some relaxing Debussy by the fire with some supper brandy. What's fiendish about that? It's fiendishly normal. And boring. I just wonder why we cannot enjoy ourselves instead of entering into mind games with the boy. I'm toughening him up. I'm sure that you are. I just worry to what aim your excitement leans. Aim? Aim? He's my boy. My aim is the same as it ever was, to shape him, to mould him into the man that may take this estate and fortune from my hands. He's how many years now? We never knew... Sure, my lady. He never came with a birth certificate, if you remember. Why not? Because he was found in a skip in Nantwich, my lady. Oh, it's coming back now. Well, let's see this boy before long and have sport. And to think all I had planned for today was to take that hound of mine hunting for an hour or two. However, even for a dog, he's become less enthusiastic lately. And of course, like any servant of mine, a lack of enthusiasm leads to a lack of use. You'd do well to remember that. Your input to this estate has declined with your age and hairline. Quite, my lady. Now, would you like me to perform a break dance before or after I carve a monument to you from a giant slab of granite? Get out, Edward. Yes, my lady. Just to uh, recap, you wish me to lie about your health to your heir and lead him to believe that you are in a state of pain and suffering, correct? Exactly. What exactly is wrong with you? I don't know. Make it up. A uh, cough. Very well. I'm sure that will get his fine medical brain whirring like a gyroscope. A cough with blood in it. Dear Grand's coughing up blood. How magnificently cruel. Uh, anything else? I believe it is nearly lambing season at the farm. Shall I try and steal some of the young fluffy ones and drown them for you? Is that enough cruelty? Get out, Edward. As you wish, my lady. You'll spoil your dinner. Sorry. Here you go, Butch. Go and lie down. You never could keep your fingers out of the pantry. Yeah, well, you couldn't ever keep your hands off the gardeners. That is a scandalous lie, dear boy. Will she see me? I'm afraid your grandmother has requested to be left alone until dinner. She's been a tad under the weather recently. Really? Badly? I couldn't say, but you know her. No doctors, no medicine. What is it? Well, I think... That it's a cough. A cough? A cough with blood in it. Probably just something on her chest. It's damp in parts this manner. I'll examine her. I'll dig you a nice grave. Did she want to know why I had come? Dear boy, she already knows. How? James, why are you here? I told you to ask her permission to marry. Despite her unbelievably cruel character, I do love her and have enormous respect for her giving me a place to live, raising me, employing you to guide me. You're breaking my heart. And I don't believe you. Well, it's true. I can't imagine what I would have amounted to left in that horrid place. How did you know the orphanage was horrid? We took you in when you were 18 months old. It might have been like Annie. Mm, I'm sure. So, young man, answer the question. I did. Ah, fibber. You've never lied to me before. What are you talking about? The reason you're here is because you've already been to get married and you will refuse a marriage licence without your grandmother's permission. Naughty little renegade. No, I haven't even applied for any... Well, why would I need her permission to get a marriage licence? Bugger. What's she done, Edward? You must understand, young man, that to a woman of her standing, she needs to insure herself. <laughs> so I have to have her consent to marry? I think so, yes. I have to get her permission to obtain a marriage licence. Apparently. She can't do that. She owns two-thirds of Hereford. She can do what she likes. It's not legal. Oh, pish-posh. 
She will give you a licence when she feels she ought. Really? Or does it have to be written in elves' blood? Signed by both her grandparents, delivered by unicorns? Dear boy, don't be so dramatic. The worst thing is, I would never make a decision like this without her blessing. And yours. And I'd like to let it be known that I am very touched that you sought her permission, out of love and not necessity. And I'm sure she will too. You just have to try and tell her and make her listen. Good luck. What time's dinner? You know the rules. Off to wash and change. I have the key for your room and the bed should be made. Then the dinner bell will ring. Oh, I hadn't planned on staying, Edward. Ah, flying visit. I don't think so. You must stay at least tonight. I can't. I don't have any things. This is your home. There are things to change into in your bedroom, James. Don't be ridiculous. I can't. Honestly, I'd like to. I want to come back a lot more. I feel awful that I didn't visit for so long. So you should. I wrote. I called. It's a lot more than most of my university friends do. Yes, but most of your university friends are now on the stock market, happily raping and pillaging half the third world. You are a surgeon. Uh, trainee. But you decided to help people. And you have a good heart. And you're a softy. So you will stay. I won't. Honestly, I can't. Very well. I will return to dinner. Hi, it's me. How are you doing? Good, yeah. I haven't actually seen her yet. Well, Edward said she wasn't well, so I've had to wait until dinner. I'm in my old bedroom. It's really strange. There's a Michaela Strachan poster still on the wall. I wanted Madonna, but Gran wouldn't allow it. Plus, I think Edward may have stolen it anyway. He was a very big fan of Madonna, but for very different reasons, I think. Well, she was a bit of an icon. Edward? Oh, yes, there's a nine-bob note. Frankie said relax, and Edward was already comatose. God, look at all this old stuff. It's like a different life. It's funny. The whole place hasn't changed a bit. Well, Edward looks older. The gardens look good. Oh, I miss you. I know, but coming back home in your own makes you so much more lonely, don't you think? OK, Miss Tough, but you've travelled around most of your young life. I hardly left this estate until uni. Yeah, well, I'll be back later. It's about a three-hour drive, so hopefully I'll be gone about nine, so home before midnight, I hope. Sorry, so selfish. What about you? Good day? Oh, got to go. Dinner. Speak to you later. What are we having? Hmm, parsnip and apple soup, with a pheasant for dinner, and a strawberry confit for dessert. Sounds great. There is she. I'm nervous. Right on cue. Excuse me while I go and fetch her. Here we go, James. Don't take no for an answer, and don't let her bully you. Take charge. You're the man. You know this lady, you know how she works. She's going to go immediately on the offensive. You have to beat her to it. Make your mark. Put her out of her stride with something witty from the outset. Remind her of who you are. An educated man, not a young boy. You're a doctor. That's something to be respected. Celebrated. Hello, Gran. I repeatedly told you to call me Grandma. I'll call you Grandma when you call me Doctor. Really? Yes, because that's what I am. And that's to be expected. Respected. Very well, Dr. William Gracie. Please yourself. Sit down. So, what brings you here after all this time? I wanted to see you. Now, now, what have I taught you about boys who lie? What you taught me when I was younger turned out to be untrue. And what was that? That a big black man would come and take me away. Some of my very good friends are black and they are wonderful people. You shouldn't perpetuate such stereotypes. Well, never mind all that. Why are you here? Well, I have some news. Indeed. Go on. Well, I have met a young woman. A quite remarkable young woman, actually. And, uh, well... Yes? She's lovely. She must be, knowing your exquisite taste. Does she have all her own teeth? Gran. OK. Let's change the subject for a minute. I bought you something. Is it fudge? No. 
haven't had any good fudge for quite some time. Mind you, the same could be said of that queer butler I employ. I'm stood just behind you, my lady. I know. As long as you know. Well, come on, boy. Here you go. What on earth is this? It's an iPod. What? It's a music player. It stores... I have a music player. It's in the entrance of the conservatory. I know it well. A little gold handle for winding it up and a large cone sticking out of the top, yes. But this one's portable, and I preloaded with all your favourites. Look, put these on, OK? Rachmaninoff, Debussy, Elgar, it's all on here. What? It's all on there, so you can listen wherever and whenever you like. Stupid boy, wasting your money on me. Why? I thought you would find it useful. No doubt I will. I'll listen to it whilst I cough my way around these lonely halls. Isolated in a world of dead composers whose life works represent the greatest contribution your useless sex ever made to my life. And as the final notes of the dream of Gerontius fade away from my ears, I can lie silent in the darkness, knowing that even though my grandson never visited, at least he bought me an iPod. iPod. You were saying something about a young woman? Yes. I mean to... Well, well, I've asked her to marry me. <laughs> No blood. Edward, look, no blood. I'm fine, fine. And where is this person? My fiance. Yes, yes. She is at the hospital. Abortion or mental health? He's a surgeon. Really? A butcher? Yes, a butcher. In fact, the other day she butchered a subcranial hematoma from the head of a six-year-old boy and saved his life. A real menace to society. My God, Gran, why do you have to be so hard? Everybody is not a challenge. So you are here to seek my permission? I came to get your blessing. How can I bless a wedding to a woman I've never met? Well, can you blame me for not bringing her after the way you behave when... When, um... Davina. God! Why can't I remember that? When Davina came, you were horrible to her and to me. I don't understand why. I've grown up with it, so it doesn't come as a shock to me. But people who encounter you for the first time are terrified. And I didn't want to expose Melly to that. I see. I understand. You think your grandmother a monster. In her twilight years, a burden upon you. Very well. I shall retire now. But, but you haven't eaten yet. I fear I may be feeding whatever demon illness lives within me. I have no taste for food. Edward. Grant, stay. Let's talk. I have so much to tell you. Tomorrow. Please, I've got things to tell you about my studies. Things I've done. Ways in which I've been able to help people, in ways that so many people can only dream of. And you made that happen. You might actually be proud of me. I am nothing but proud of you, young man. And pride is merely another deadly sin. But I can't stay. I have to leave. Then go! I suppose I shall see you in a few more millennia. Can't we just talk for a few minutes at least? Tomorrow. <coughs> but I can't stay. get to hell, give Adolf my regards, because you will be sharing a semi with him after such cruelty. How do you think it went? What are you referring to? Your cunning plan. Coming along? I must admit, my lady, it is rather see-through. Really? And what do you see when you look through? That you will be feigning this illness and coughing all over the manor and pretending not to eat, so that young Master James will extend his stay out of sheer worry which will invariably lead to his loving fiancée dropping everything and rushing to his side to offer him comfort and support in his hour of need. She will arrive at our door, where, doubtless, you will pounce on her and simultaneously bite out her throat whilst hurling clever abuse at her like some seething cross between a bag full of stoats and Jeremy Paxman. Does that sound close to the truth? It's somewhere near, yes, although I object to the word abuse... It smacks of vicars fiddling choir boys, no matter what the context. What I don't understand, my lady, is why... There's a great deal you don't understand, Edward. I'm sure, but I really don't understand why you must see this woman and cross-examine her. I love that boy, Edward. I loved him with every hair on my head and fibre of my being from the second I first saw him. And when I choke my last breath... His visage will accompany me all the way to the gates of heaven and beyond. 
If he is to marry, I wish to make damn sure that the woman who takes him from me is worthy. It's a tough world out there, Edward, and we spoiled him. He has all the characteristics of a Nancy boy. He's generous, idealistic, friendly and trusting, and none of those qualities get you anywhere. When placed in his hands, this estate and the fortune my father built wouldn't last five minutes. So if this fiancé can't take a few shots from me, then she has no business marrying my grandson, and certainly no business practising medicine either, for that matter. Oh, very noble. And what would you have me do? Surely the boy's best interests are close to your heart as well? Naturally. Well, then support me. As you wish, milady. And please fetch my evening meal and bring it to my room. I wish to eat my pheasant and catch up with my programmes. Please see to it that James is made comfortable, but more importantly, don't let him leave. Come in. Ah, what do you think? I haven't worn these pyjamas since I was 14. Do they suit me? I could almost believe it was the real Spider-Man in the room with me. How is my gran? She really didn't seem herself. Usually I would expect more joviality in her mocking. She was simply evil. It's her illness. She hasn't been herself for a few weeks now. She is coughing blood. Are you serious? You're the doctor. She's not a young girl anymore. It was scary downstairs, Edward. It's the first time I've ever seen her and thought that she looked like an old woman. Getting wheeled in in that wheelchair, it suddenly struck me how small she is. How weak, how vulnerable. It made me feel awful I've stayed away so long. Would you like me to have these clothes washed and pressed for you by the morning, sir? Your chicanery doesn't wash with me, Edward. You know what I mean. She won't live forever. Don't you think about it? Every day, sir. Your trousers and shirt will be ready when you awake. Now I suggest you rest. You need it in preparation for round two. Good night, Edward. Good night, sir. And that was the first half of Wireless Theatre Company's The Youth of Old Age, a comedy about a dragon-tongued old lady who uses some rather mischievous tricks to coerce her grandson into introducing her to his fiancée. And uh, we'll hear what happens to him, his fiance, and his grandmother, and whether or not any of these crazy tricks actually work in the conclusion next week. And if you can't wait for more stories, recall you can always catch up on our previous episodes at the podcast and blog, www.radiodramarevival.com. I can read more audio theater news, reviews, and discussion there, as well as subscribe to the weekly show. You can also find us on iTunes, search for Radio Drama Revival. Uh, that wraps it up for this week. Until uh, next time, keep your mind and your ears open. Uh, thanks for tuning in, and have a great week.